0: You can mold yep. it, stretch it, change yep. it. You can do whatever you like because that's what we do as entrepreneurs. We have this mm. amazing gift of dreaming and being curious. But if mm. we don't put any task in play and integrate our great thoughts, we are basking in perfection, which means we're never going to move anything forward. So think big, yes. act fast, and just do it. <laughs>
1: Welcome to Super Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm your host, Shahid Durrani. Today we have with us Deborah Crow. Deb is an executive and business coach. She has 32 plus years of global experience in top Fortune 500 companies in Canada, the United States, Europe, Asia, and Australia, leading and coaching C-suite, leaders, executive professionals, teams, and business. Thank you so much for coming on our show, Deb.
0: Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here.
1: My pleasure. Let's get right into it, all right? Can you share a common misconception about leadership and having perfection in their leadership?
0: Oh, absolutely. So yeah. my main focus on leadership is heart leader, heart-centered leadership. And Mm. the prerequisite to being a heart-centered leader is embracing imperfection because none of us are perfect. Perfection Mm -hmm. is not a tangible reality. Yes.
1: Mm -hmm. And when we
0: lean into perfection, what are we essentially doing? We are showing our vulnerability, our authenticity, and we're really showing that we're growing in our own self-awareness.
1: Amen. When we start the journey in entrepreneurship or business ownership, we have such huge aspirations. We want to do so much for the business and the people that we serve. We feel like we need to become perfect at what we do to make sure that we can do the job that is needed to be done. But that key word you mentioned about self-awareness, self-awareness is more of a deeper sense to really understand one's thoughts, feelings and behaviors and then not to chase the perfection of it but just to be aware of it and improve where you can and not be too stressed about making it perfect
0: absolutely and you know what i would rather fail and be imperfect than being imperfection show imperfection Mm -hmm. than not Mm -hmm. try at all i have a little post-it note on the bottom of my screen here and i've it's had its course I've changed post-it notes over the years and it says think big and act fast yes quick decisions put it out there you can mold it stretch it change it you can do whatever you like because that's what we do as entrepreneurs we have this Mm -hmm. amazing gift of dreaming and being curious but if Mm -hmm. we don't put any task in play and integrate our great thoughts we are basking in perfection, which means we're never going to move anything forward. So think big, yes. act fast, just do it.
1: Yeah, that's good. So, Deb, do you feel that quick decision-making or acting quick, there's a fine line between the ego and quick decisions, meaning... Sometimes we don't make the quick decisions. We say, what are people going to think? What if I make the wrong decision? What if I'm not good enough? Can you speak about ego and leadership?
0: Sure. I think your question is going to have me go off on two different tangents. So let me go to the one that popped in my mind first. Please. I work with a lot of C-suite and a lot of executives. They have a tsunami of information coming at them at any given time. Sometimes, most times, they have nanoseconds to either make a decision or delegate. There's no ego involved. Mm -hmm. They have to tap into what we call intuition management. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: When the ego is involved, they're not leading, they're managing, they're micromanaging, and they get succumbed with the task because they feel like they need to see it out to its end result or fruition because they feel with that ego that it has to be present. They're not honoring or being heart-centered to their team or their executives to have the conversation about, we're thinking big, we're acting fast, we're going to implement it, and then let your team go and do what you hired them for. And then you can move on to the next thing because they're going to report back to you. So the ego thing is when a leader gets stuck in that management kind of mindset and forgets that they're in a leadership role. There's a lack of clarity. There's a tremendous amount of fear. And the ones that do this well, they're heart-centered. There's no ego present. It's the think big, act fast because the next tsunami is coming through the door. Does that help? Mm.
1: Yes, it helps very much. It makes sense what you're saying because there's no time to entertain ego when it's that quick. Fast paced decision making. How about calmness in leadership? What do you feel the importance of having that calmness of mind in a leadership role and how does it benefit or it doesn't benefit?
0: I'm also a yoga teacher in my private life. Mm -hmm. Good. And Mm -hmm. I bring a lot of the premise of yoga principles and calmness isn't needed, it's necessary. So I like the term equanimity. So equanimity by definition is mental calmness and composure. What does it really mean? It means that you leave space for that person, that conversation. You're listening attentively. You're completely present. You're not thinking in your mind of how to resolve this or the next thing on your agenda. You are fully in the moment with that person, with equanimity, so that you can make an informed decision based on a meaningful conversation. And logic is the forefront and emotion is never involved.
1: Okay. Thank you for that. Deb, how was embracing your own imperfections, influence, the way you basically coach others?
0: It gives me goosebumps to talk about this. Because I'm being my whole self. I'm being, I'm showing the authentic version of Deb Crow. And when you have what I call an intersection or a meaningful crossroad with a client, or let's just say another human being and not say client. And you're a little farther down the road than they may be. And you ask permission to share your own story. What are you doing? You're opening your heart you're once again, beautifully showing your own authenticity, vulnerability to show that I'm tapped into my self-awareness as a leader. I've been where you are. Can I share what I did, what I learned from it? And what are you doing? You're honoring that connection. It's mm-hmm. powerful.
1: Yeah. It is, Deb. But don't you believe that ego holds people back from sharing that?
0: I think ego is a fear-based behavior. In my book, I said the best diet to be on is to lose the weight of other people's opinions. Yes. We're here for one time. I love that. It's not a dress rehearsal. (laughs) With everything going on in the world right now, we need to be bold with our actions and our words and completely encompass being a heart-centered leader, because I believe when you master the art of heart in your life and leadership, your life shows up at work and your work shows up at life. We're the same person. Mm -hmm. We're just wearing a different hat in the moment.
1: Mm -hmm. It makes things so much more easier and more relaxed. It doesn't seem difficult, the work side and the personal side, when you have that balance within I just feel like it makes things more beautiful when it comes to life in general.
0: Absolutely. And have a conversation without an agenda. Because when there's an agenda, it feeds an expectation, and an expectation Mm. is what's feeding the ego.
1: How would you discuss with a specific leader that is looking to be perfect and they just feel that they aren't they're not good enough for that role if they're feeling that. I'm not sure if any of the leaders that you work with shared that kind of information, but if they did, how would you work with them?
0: It's very interesting because all of the leaders, executives that I work with, as soon as mm-hmm. we start working together, the first question they ask me is, could we please do some life coaching? I'm coaching good. the whole person. Of course we can. They will, once I build trust and rapport, it will come out in a conversation of where their fears lie and why. And I can say wholeheartedly that 75% of the people that I've worked with, it's intergenerational trauma. They were brought up and taught and shown that perfection is the way, there is no other way.
1: And the amount of pressure that
0: puts on someone in school, as a young student academically, the pursuits of excellence, it's one of the main catalysts of why we have global burnout to this day.
1: Indeed. You mentioned it's lonely on the top, right? How do leaders bring that topic up? And can you share why they feel that way? On a broader sense, you can assume why they're saying that. But is there something more deeper to that meaning?
0: Absolutely. Do I have time Uh to tell you a quick story?
1: Please. I love stories.
0: So 14 years ago, I was testifying in court. I used to be a neurotrauma case manager. And I was trying to convince a jury and fend off a defense lawyer that one of my patients was Had a catastrophic brain injury or spinal cord injury, or unfortunately, sometimes both. And I realized that I was missing the direct patient care. And I thought, I think I'm going to close my clinic. I got a call from an insurance adjudicator who asked me if I would take on five short term disability claims for five executives. So I had three VPs and two CEOs who were off work because they were so stressed. From that day forward, I couldn't even fathom what was going to happen in my life over the next 10 months. And over the next 10 months, all five of those executives, I had three men and two females. They all landed up going palliative, had cancer. And by the 10th month, they had all passed away. So I'm going to tell you their answers because I got to hold their hand at the end of life. Wow. And this is what I heard. I was climbing the proverbial ladder of success to get to the top. I got to the top, hit my head on the glass ceiling, and then I reflected on what I lost on the way up. I lost my health. I lost one or more marriages. I lost connection with my children, my grandchildren. Deb, you need to do something about this. And at the time, I was just trying to process Whoa. all of this, which like it was beyond grief stricken professionally. I couldn't even give you a different word. And I Whoa. promised them all that I would keep talking about them, which I do on a daily basis. But to answer your question, collectively, they all said it was lonely. They couldn't share their voice with anybody because there was nowhere else to go. They hit the glass ceiling and everybody below them wanted their jobs. Hey. And they forgot to take care of themselves and they tolerated a toxic organizational culture and they Mm. were part of contributing to the toxicity. So a lot of reflection, Mm. a lot of remorse, and they basically said that they were dying with their story inside. And that's how I landed up getting into coaching. I had no inclination to to be a coach. I didn't think I was going to write a book. Those five people came into my life at a juncture where I was like, okay, what is the meaning of this? And I made them a promise and I deliver on it to this day. And I haven't lost an executive since. I I meet Mm. a lot of executives that are sick and tired, sick and stressed. And it takes a lot of courage to, again, that vulnerability and authenticity. Everyone thinks being at the top is glorious. It comes with a tremendous amount of responsibility, fiduciary responsibility. And they have a lot of people that they have to communicate to on any given day. And it's sometimes we just need to sit in the observer's chair and not be judgmental and think, I wouldn't want to have their job. And most people don't want to have their job. So it's not beautiful at the top for many, but if you can climb that ladder with self-awareness and a good yes, work-life, that was my next right? question. Not balance. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as work-life balance. I don't care yeah. what anybody says. We do our best with what we have in the moment we have it. The self-awareness piece is key. You're not perfect. You're doing the best that you can and you're leading people. People are not commodities. They have thoughts, Mm -hmm. feelings, emotions. It's Mm -hmm. a very hard role, but there's many people across the globe doing it very well. And they're healthy. Mm -hmm. They're in healthy marriages, Mm -hmm. have great relationship with their kids and grandkids. But those five people taught me a lot. And it fully brought my coaching practice full circle because I always knew that heart-centered leadership was present, even when I was told it didn't have a place in business acumen. This is going back 33 years ago. I always stayed my course, and I knew when the time was right, I'd write about it.
1: I I sometimes think about if I remained as I was before, by now I would have had some serious illnesses I think about that because I don't try to go in the past but when I do it was super hectic um, when you're living from outside in it felt like a nightmare but when you're in it you don't even realize there's anything wrong you just feel like it's normal when you become self-aware and you start digging you start going in over time you start realizing wow there's a lot of stuff that needs to be focused on here but when you do come out with that transformation for example like you mentioned everything starts improving your health your relationships the way you do business so those five people if they were given this opportunity to work with someone like yourself work on their mindset work on the self self awareness work on investing in themselves their journey would have been phenomenally different and better. Yeah.
0: But we learn from that, and and we talk about yeah. it, and we educate others, and we keep their legacy alive in a positive way, and that's yeah. the promise that I gave them.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that story on this show. There's a lot of people out there, if you bring up the topic that we're talking about here they're like oh no i'm great i'm doing wonderful and then you notice how they may not be doing wonderful is when they snap when a very small thing happens they, they elevate it to a level that they it, it just start vibrating in a way that you could tell that there's something going on and that all around you Yes. So I feel like it's the most important thing that anyone can give to any human being, the work that you're doing, because it, it's a foundation. You, when you buy a house, you're not going to buy a house with a, a flaky foundation. You're going to want to make sure the foundation is proper, has weeping tiles, is done properly so mm-hmm. the rest of the house can survive long enough. Yeah. Same way, mindset, the internal work, the self-awareness, it's so important that it will allow you to experience this life as it actually is. Because if you really look at it, it is a beautiful journey. It goes up and down, but yes. just depends on your focus. If your focus is within and you just understand everything just is, it's going to happen regardless. You start understanding on a conscious mind level. Journey becomes a lot easier.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, well no, said. Uh, Thank you, Deb. And no, thank you. I appreciate you for coming on our show today and speaking about this. This is great. Can you share what you feel your innermost superpower is that got you to this point in life?
0: There's lots of words that come to mind, but it's actually a chapter that I dedicated in my book. And I'm going to say intuition. I, I think, let's not just say leaders. Let's say people in general. Yeah. We get that gut feeling. And I'm gonna encourage you and your listeners, listen to it because I, mm-hmm. I call it the whispers from the heart that's trying mm-hmm. to align with your mind. And mm-hmm. they did a great study out of Harvard during COVID. I think it was the, mm-hmm. the fall of 2021. And it was 72% of all C-suite leaders use intuition management to make mm-hmm. those decisions that are coming faster than the speed of light that we talked about earlier on, on the mm-hmm. podcast here today. So mm-hmm. don't ignore your gut feeling because it's happening for a reason.
1: Yeah. Well said. Many entrepreneurs don't believe in intuition. They may think it's a little bit spiritual, but for me personally, a great recommendation actually to end the episode because those whispers they actually saved my life if there's a situation i'm not going to tell the whole story but i had some pain in my stomach i went to the hospital and they kept doing tests and tests and they were talking to each other saying this guy's crazy i kept insisting because i knew it i knew that was something's sure. wrong so i kept insisting and finally did a cat scan because government pays for it they don't want to do that if there's no problem blood tests were all fine And they found that my appendix was about to burst and they had to do emergency Mm. surgery so things like that and finding out information beforehand and in business i feel like it's a major part or a gift in a human being that when we calm the mind we start listening and start trusting it over time it takes some practice because our school system doesn't teach us about it i don't know where this world would would have been by now if it was if our higher mental faculties were taught in the mm-hmm. school system and from a young age it would just be completely different i think yeah
0: absolutely and when you listen to that intuition and you have a, a mind that's fully involved with equanimity using equanimity to be calm, nothing happens out of that but clarity, which is mm. just positive.
1: Yeah, thank you, Dev. It was wonderful speaking to you. I wishing you all the best and and a healthy, long life to continue doing the work that you're doing and changing lives. Leaders, there's so much help that's needed out there.
0: Thanks for having me. It was fun.
1: My pleasure we